thank God once again. And this is Pastor Adams, the president and founder of Truth Matters Ministries. And we're so thankful that you join our podcast. And man, we've been in a very exciting series entitled Creation Principles. And our intent is to uh, ensure that we complete this series today with some really dynamic and powerful information that's going to help you as you begin to contend and stand for the faith that has once and for all been delivered unto the saints. Before we get into our episode today, we want to pause and pray. Father, we thank you once again for life. We thank you for love. We thank you for faithfulness. We give your name praise because we know that you are the first, you are the last, you're the alpha and the omega. You're the one Lord God who has been living throughout eternity. You called yourself the ancient of days, who's been here from everlasting to everlasting. We thank you, Lord, that you are the first. You are the last. You're the author and finisher of our faith today. We stand because, Lord, you, you're standing. You told us in your word, Lord God, if in, the, if in this life we only have hope, we are above all men most miserable, but we're not living in misery today because we have hope. What hope? Hope of everlasting life because you conquered death. You came out of out of the grave and because of your victory over death you've taken the sting out of death you've taken the victory from death and we're so glad today that even as the prophecy was fulfilled lord that you that the, that you would be born of a woman and you would bruise Satan's head and he would bruise your heel and we know that this is the victory that you accomplished on Calvary. You bless everyone who joined this podcast today. Let someone be saved. Let someone Lord, lift their hands and cry out aloud, what must I do to be saved? And Lord, open your arms to them. Let them know that you are a loving Savior, that you said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and you'll find rest for your souls. We thank God today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And today, we're just so excited about uh this very important topic of creation principles. And we're mindful of the words that were spoken by Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, during the final hearings, his remarks in the Donald Trump impeachment hearings, he said, right matters. Truth matters. And without truth, he says we're lost. And today in this Truth Matters podcast, we believe it's so impactful imperative that we share the truth that people will be able to find law life and find their way in this wicked and untoward generation so as we began to discuss on last week about we, we shared about uh what is what is known as carbon 14 dating and we also had shared about the fossil record as it relates to uh the refutation of so many evolutionary theories about men coming from monkeys. But today we're going to continue in what we call the 411 on DNA. Nowhere does a scientific discovery refute evolution like what is known as deoribonucleic acid or DNA. This was discovered by Francis Crick and James Watson in the year 1960 was revolutionized biology. It really did. It birthed new answers to such philosophical questions as what is life? How did life originate? Our most prominent exposure to DNA is in our viewing criminal cases. We hear so much 
now about how the use of DNA positively identifies persons involved in court cases. Some of the top rated television programs are CSI or Crime Scene Investigation. And the DNA is always the crucial ingredient in in identifying the murderer. What is so extraordinary about the DNA molecule anyway? The story of DNA begins with protein. I want y'all to catch this. Before biologists discovered the role played by DNA, they were convinced that the hereditary material of the cell must be composed of proteins. Most fascinating among the proteins are enzymes, which act like automated machines, cutting and splicing together the various products the cell needs for its operation, functioning much like an assembly line factory. The secret to an enzyme's remarkable abilities lies in its shape. What shape? An enzyme consists of a long chain of amino acids curled up into complex three-dimensional structure like a tangled ball of yarn. Each type of enzyme has its own distinctive structure dictated by the sequence of its amino acid. This three-dimensional structure is what enables enzymes to recognize, by touch as it were, the particular atoms and molecules that were designed to work with. Now, they grab into the molecules and either slice them up into parts or else push them together until they react to some form of a larger molecules. The functioning of the living cell depends crucially on the functioning of its proteins, which in turn depends on the amino acid sequences. And what determines the amino acid sequences? Now, in a very real sense, says Nobel Prize winning biologist Jacques Naudet, It is at this level of chemical organization that the secret of life lies. So to the evolutionist, to the skeptic, to the agnostic, and to the atheist, pay attention. Because here is where the secret of life lies. Biologists were convinced if they were able to pronounce a law by which they assemble, one could declare the secret penetrated. The riddle of life has been solved. Unfortunately for the biologists, there's no law. The DNA components have no uniform law, but they're governed by a code or instructions. I'm going to say it again. They're governed by a code or instructions. Most people are familiar with the double helix structure of the DNA molecule. It may be pictured as a long ladder twisted into a spiral. The sides of the ladder are composed of sugar and phosphate molecules. Its rungs are composed of four Basis, adenine A, thiamine T, guanine G, and cystosine C. During replication, the two sides of the ladder split, and each half attracts a new set of what is called nucleotides from the surrounding cytoplasmin in order to replace the missing half. Geneticists have recently discovered that the four bases of DNA combine into groups of three called condones. Now, how do these condoms work? They function as three-letter words such as G-U-C, G-U-G, or G-C-A. Each word are codes for a certain amino acid. The discovery of DNA code has transformed our scientific understanding of the nature of the living cell. We know that at the heart of life is a language, a code, a set of instructions, Jeremy Campbell writes, Evidently, nature can no longer be seen as matter and energy alone. Nor can all her secrets be unlocked with the keys of chemistry and physics alone. A third component is needed, 
for an explanation of the world that claims to be complete. To the powerful theories of chemistry and physics must be added a late arrival, a theory of information. So how does it summarize? Nature must be interpreted as matter, energy, and information. And that information is called the code. Now, we're going to share with the left the rest of the time that we have in this particular podcast that there are several disciplines that have risen to indicate a coded language or in structures in scripture. Some are born in numerology, and then there are things that's known as the Jewish Kabbalah. Numerology and the Kabbalah have been filled with much conjecture and syllogism, leading to a fracturing of clear hermeneutical teachings of scripture. Yes, There are some viable numeral principles that must be considered in our fully understanding many nuances in scripture, such as gematria, and the fact that there being several biblical references alluding to the significance of some numbers such as 3, 7, and 12. While there is no basis for a code undergirding scripture, we must embrace the fact that intelligent equations and laws illustrated in math and numbers are the foundational core of creation. I want y'all to keep your seatbelts on because this is so important to understand. Mathematics professor Marcus Dusute, he researched and affirmed that there are times and cycles that are intelligently integrated into creation. I want you to think in in terms of a, a, a computer programmer who is programming equations and he's programming certain things to function and operate within a computer. God spoke of days and nights and weeks and months and years, which provides strong testimony that God has put a code or intelligent equations providing static stability into his creation. Biology is strongly governed by this code. I just marvel at the intricate balance of nature. I see immense detail in plants. When I look at flowers and trees and the magnificence of animals and birds and insects, nothing is more amazing than the immense universe that surrounds our world. Now, this code that I'm speaking of is manifested throughout our time-space continuum. Numbers and equations determine how we see and hear octaves and musical notes. Did you catch that? Even the music we hear is based upon math. Frequency and pitch are determined by ratios. These are founded in numerical laws. Music is based upon mathematical scales. Electricity is based upon frequency, pulse, alternating codes, and current and direct current, which are seen in mathematical scales and on oscilloscopes. When these laws of tone, octave, pitch are broken, we have psychological effects. They are defined as harsh noise. The great theologian Augustine believed God used the ratio in dwelling his creative work in which he also can be seen in music, achieving harmonious notes. When we look at created bodies, we see perfect circles, don't we? They're just merely mathematical equations. When you see the moon and the planets, you're looking at the result of the foundational equation that God placed in his creative structure. 
The law of circumference in, di- in diameter is key. When we, when we calculate circumference divided by di- diameter, it always equals 3.14. If you all can remember when you were in school, that is called pi. If it does not equal 3.14, then it is not a perfect circle. We see the resulting equation of pi illustrated in the natural curve of a river, in the natural curve of ocean beaches. The wind blows edges of the desert cliff of sand and it forms circles. Pi is written in the structure and process of all in our biological world. There's an equation known as the normal distribution equation. This equation contains pi. It is involved in predictive events. Pi is an irrational decimal number with an infinite number arrangement where the numbers never repeat. It is suggested that any number you can ever conceive or think of is contained in pi, which demonstrates a relationship of what? Infinity. The first 39 digits of pi are all that is needed to complete the circle large enough to contain the entire known universe. I'm going to say that again. The first 39 digits of pi are all that is needed to complete the circle large enough to contain the entire known universe. There are imaginary numbers called I, which can be used in real time like an air traffic controllers use to track aircraft. Numbers are the components that explain how things grow. When one considers the nautilus fish, and I hope you all can know what a nautilus fish looks like, and if you haven't, I want you just to go and Google it and take a look at it. It contains the code within its structure. The chambers in the cell, when measured, have the same growth equation in each chamber. You divide the width of the previous chamber by the newest chamber, and the result is always the same ratio of growth. This exact growth equation is what is instrumental in the development of the round shell. Several species of natures have this code. Look at the sunflower. Look at the horns of a ram. Or the rings after you cut a tree and you look at the rings that shape the trees. It illumines a marvelous intelligent code in creation. Another component of the code can be seen in gravity. Gravity has a constant effect on all objects. They all fall or are pulled at a constant mathematical rate. What is that rate? It's 9.8.8 meters per second. Now, Isaac Newton, he discovered what is called Newton's law of universal gravitation. This is what determines the path of planets and the rotation and the movement of heavenly bodies. It is what allowed man to land on the moon. It is all contained in God's intelligent code that he imputed and interjected into his creation. Another incredible facet of the code is in how it is infused in the building blocks of creation. Let's think about the case of the bubble. When they are formed, they begin to take the shape based upon the number of connected bubbles. I don't know if you've ever blown bubbles and had bubbles inside of a container, like let's just say it was a square container. Now, as the bubbles expand in number, they calculate their shape into a more complex pentagon. How did they do that? 
And then as they began to get more bubbles within that structure, then they turned to a hexagon. This is governed by another law. Nature and matter is lazy. I remember when I was going to Toft Toy in Huntsville, Alabama, it was an electronic school. One of the first things I learned is that electricity travels down the path of least resistance. That's why they put resistors in circuitry because electricity will go a different way instead of going down through the resistor. It moves and functions in the least needed amount of effort. Energy or space. Electrical engineers discovered this fact you know, as I mentioned before, that it travels down the path of least resistance. So bubbles are governed by a code that three walls of a bubble will always meet at a 120 degree angle. Did y'all hear that? That the three walls of a bubble will always meet at a 120 degree angle. When you begin to see bubbles connected at the same size, the more bubbles that develop, the bubbles take on the shape of an octagon. And then octagons develop a shape we often see in nature. What other examples do we see in nature? Think about the honeybee hive. Think about this for a minute. Here are some bees, and they're creating their hive. So when we observe the pattern of the beehive, it echoes the same fundamental geometric code of the universe. When you look at the shapes inside of a beehive, they're just like the shapes of the bubble. They're hexagons. We observe perfect diameters, hexagons, squares, and, and octagons in our natural world. Throughout nature, we can view high pressure that's forced upon rock beds. And I've seen so many of them. And I, and I want you just to Google so that you, that way you can see it in my listening audience. Just Google hexagon rock beds. And you're going to see that they take shapes of hexagons just like the honeycomb and just like the bubbles. The code is all around us in the shape that we see in several quadrilaterals and in snowflakes. The Egyptians used equations observed in the earth and built the greatest structures in human history. Sorry, it was not learned from ancient aliens, as so many people say. The Greeks who sat at the feet of Egyptians and learned what was manifested in the code introduced the term called geometry. They defined it as a means of measuring the whole earth. Geometry at its core is based upon five basic shapes. What are they? They're called the Platonic Solids. They're named after the great philosopher Plato. There is the tetrahedron. It has five faces. The cube with six faces is the octahedron with eight faces, the dodectrahedron, and with 12 faces, and the most complex is called the icosahedron. It has 20 faces. These have been used primarily in popular game called dice. They are the only symmetrically perfect shapes where all sides are exactly the same size, and the shape and meet and they all meet at the same angles, which means there is no way of telling one end from the other. These are the only five shapes like this that can exist in all creation. This is amazing. The Greeks associated these with the building blocks of nature, consisting in air, fire, water, and earth. Some many, so many suggest that there are several shapes that are not symmetrical or within the basic five. But let's take a look closely 
at nature to see what it reveals. You can go, there were some people that went into a salt mine that was 3,000 feet below the earth in the former East Germany. Inside of it was a, display, was a display of platonic solids being amazingly shaped. So all of the crystals that were coming down out of that salt mine were platonic solid shapes that were in perfect symmetry. The question arises, how is this code embedded in the rock? Or the crystals where forces caused tons of solid salt to develop as a cube or as a perfect tetrahedron? What is the code that initiated the shapes? It was also found when man developed x-rays to see the bones inside our bodies. Scientists x-rayed rocks and crystals and they found atoms. The symmetry of the atoms, as in the cube, and thus is the code of instructions that causes the salt cube to be formed. Just as DNA, the instructions of an intelligent being is coded within his creation. This platonic solid shape is even seen in our bodies. A virus takes the shape of the isosahedron. How is this possible? The geometry is in the code. Many have queried as to why don't we always see perfect snowflakes or perfectly fitting rocks with platonic solid fitting sides. The answer is explained in the phenomenon called chaotic disorder which exists throughout the earth, the wind that blows, the varying temperatures of the air, the movement of waves, the forces of nature, all affect the clear observation of the globe. Now, this is very interesting for you all to know. There was a Boeing marketing engineer. He was looking for a way to create a virtual mountain range to depict a Boeing plane flying in a natural setting. So he needed an algorithm to complete the task. He did not have any resolution until he studied what was called fractal geometry. I want you all to write that down. Fractal geometry. It's a component that God built into nature to demonstrate his code. In 1975, Benoit Mandelbrot discovered that the crunching of numbers and fractions a million times over and over and over in a computer, it produced a bug-shaped looking formation that had repeating formations that when inspected, the smaller formations had more detailed repeating formations than the previous one. It was within this fractal geometry that virtual worlds are completed, are created. And what made that Boeing engineer a billionaire? He took that fractal geometry in that computer and he created Pixar Studios. Through Pixar, we see virtual worlds so vivid, it is difficult to determine what is virtual or what is real. I saw the, the, the beautiful balloons and the lamp within some of the Pixar movies. And I go like, wow, this looks, you can't tell if it's real or not. Within the code is a design, an intelligent law that is based upon unalterable facts. Mathematical equations are facts that God used to cement the stability of the code. The earth and creation are not God, or a part of God, or pantheistic, but only a manifestation of God's creative presence. God is not nature, but the creator of nature, and he has imputed his laws of creation into 
nature and into the cosmos. Mathematicians have only discovered the code and laws that God originally implanted in our universe. There are many who refer to God as the great architect of the universe. If this means he's the builder, originator, designer, creator, then I completely agree. There is a late arrival in the composition of the code and it is entitled the Continuum Hypothesis or Infinity. It was discovered in the 20th century, 20th century mathematical scholar, George Cantor. He introduced the concept by answering Hilbert's 23 problems. Remember we talked about the hotels? Cantor established the premise that infinity was an absolute, which many evolutionists balked at was mathematics of theology. Cantor's findings were confronted by Kurt Gödel and Paul Cohen after 1939. Now, infinity simply affirms that within the equations of mathematics validates the great truths of God's nature and the design that God has deposited within the universe. Here are a few examples. In geometry, there is a component known as line. It ends moving in an infinite directions. Then there is also decimals like 0.3333333 and they go on inf infinitively. So what have we learned in our discussion and creative creation principles? Darwin didn't know that cells were more complex than anything that he encountered. Two, the design information or code of a molecule or amino acid is input. Three, information and instructions are the result of intelligence. Four, intelligence is commensurate with personality. So within the root of life, it is saturated with instructions or coded information. The question arises, from where? The only extension of life's building blocks is the builder. We look for a city which has foundations, whose maker and builder is God, according to Hebrews 11 and 10. To believe that the intricate instructions in a cell were arranged by chance is like believing that an explosion in a printing press will settle and result as the Encyclopedia Britannica. The instructions and the information in each cell of the DNA code will only allow it to manifest in a certain order. The instructions in the DNA of a fish won't permit it to change to another species. The condones won't allow it. We can end the research here, but there's a few other points that must be mentioned. There is a term in science and biology called entropy. This means the tendency for energy system to run down. The law of thermodynamics makes evolution impossible. Thermal 1 says matter or energy can never be destroyed. Thermal 2 says that transferred energy is always here. It is either kinetic or potential energy. The system of thermodynamics and entropy confirms that things don't evolve into higher or more developed species. Just think about it. If you bite an apple and you lay it on your counter, it doesn't get fresher. It turns brown and then over time it molds until it rots. When we eat food, we use the energy and we dispose of it as waste. The food or energy is still present, but it is transformed or transferred into waste. We go jogging and as we run five miles, we don't get fresher, we get tired. We run down. When things are left to themselves, they don't get better, they degrade. Go plant a garden and don't tend that garden. What happens? Weeds, bugs, and weather will consume it. Go three days without personal hygiene and you will not look and smell fresher. You will look like and smell like a bum. 
The sun is burning out. Our universe is running down. That's the law of entropy. Things don't evolve into more advanced, enhanced species. Darwin just didn't know this. There are only four possible explanations for our universe. It came from nothing. It developed itself by chance. We imagine it's just here. And the fourth and correct one is, it was created. We at Truth Matters Ministry agree with the mountain of evidence in Scripture, nature, and science and conclude that empirical, undeniable evidence clearly supports that everything was created. And we contend that what God said is true. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Science is just the natural confirmation of what God did spiritually. Their testimonies are corroborated and give witness to the wonder of creation. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we thank God for you joining our Truth Matters podcast. And we pray that you will be blessed and equipped and enriched and fortified to contend for the faith that has once and for all been delivered unto the saints. God bless you.